Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks to heart. Welcome to Zero Day Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And it is our goal, it is our mission, it is our responsibility to empower you, our listeners, to know and being and impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminary journey, and you can do so by calling in. That's the quickest way, the best way, and the number is 347-237-5230, or you can get in on the chat line, that's live, live chat line that's open right now. Uh, you can do that. You can send us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Join us on the Facebook page, Zero Network, Twitter page, all of that. However you want to, you can get us on Get tune us in, tune don't tune us out, <laughs> but tune us in. So we're glad you're here. It's another wonderful Wednesday, the first Wednesday of August. Man, I'm trying to go backwards instead of forward. I tell you, but it's the first Wednesday of August, and we're excited to have you as a listening audience today. We're excited about the show that we have. Uh, special guests that will be joining us. Um, who I'm, I'm telling you, I think he's. Uh, this guest is probably one of the most unique guests we're, we've had in a while on the show. But we'll be talking Art of Charm with uh, Jordan Harbinger, and he's an uh, uh, expert in social dynamics. So we'll be looking forward to hearing him in a, little, in a few minutes. But as always, we'd like to start off the show with uh, just a simple word of prayer information. And we'll do that now before we go into the uh, top story of the day. God, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We praise you for your mercy, uh, allowing us to be a, see another day. God is in this conversation and dialogue, and be glorified so your people will be edified. It's our prayer. Amen. Well, uh, it's like I said, it is already August. The kids, are st- some kids are starting school, uh, at least here in Mississippi, they're starting school this week. So it's an exciting week for some people. <laughs> some parents are glad. Some teachers are not so glad, but hey, 
uh, we'll be wishing them all well for uh, uh, school year. Now, it's going to be interesting because uh, a lot of these schools are uh, um, they're adopting the Common Core, and there's a lot of controversy with that Common Core, um, depending on who you talk to. And as a former educator myself, you know, I think there's some positive, positive traits to it, but there's also a lot of negative traits, but, you know, you have to see how it works. And legislators and those that they are uppers, you know, they think they know better, so, hey, leave it at that. But anyway, I, I found an interesting story the other day that I thought I would share, and this it's story has gone viral already and since it was posted on on um, Monday. Now, here's the story. A young pastor in North Carolina was fired for a peculiar reason. Uh, now, pastors getting fired probably isn't 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 big news, you know. But this pastor got fired for attending. Ready, for attending a Rick Ross concert. All right, okay. Now, some of you are probably wondering, ah, what's the what's the problem? He, you know. Oh, what's the problem with going to Rick Ross concert? I don't know. I I don't know anything about Rick Ross. I you I've seen pictures and that's about all I know. I know he had a little controversy about a song or a lyric in a song or a rap song of his. That's about all I know about Rick Ross. And that's all I care to know, honestly, sometimes. But here's the here's the story. Uh twenty six year old Rodney Willis, uh was had been elected as the pastor of the Mount St. Baptist Church in North Carolina. He is the youngest pastor in the church's history, and apparently now he will be the shortest tenured pastor. Uh, this would have been his fourth year anniversary, so think about it. Let's see, he gets elected as pastor at the age of 22, and he's 26, and he still has not apparently he still has not sold his wild oats. So he goes to this Rick Ross concert and apparently some members are, or their kids are there, who knows. He gets spotted there. The deacon boy gets informed. And Saturday night here it is. Seven this Saturday evening. Uh he I don't know when the concert was. But anyway, the deacon boy finds out about it on Saturday. By Saturday evening, they had convened a delegation, <laughs> and they had voted their pastor out. By 11 o'clock, they said he, he wasn't there. He still goes to the church on Sunday morning, only to discover the doors had been changed. The locks on the doors had been changed. He was no longer the pastor. He had nothing. <laughs> and and they, are, they had already... They already had another preacher up there preaching in his place, in his spot. Now, I posted this story on Facebook, and and uh, several other persons have posted this story. And here, here's my thing on this story. I I see it as a battle between the ages. You know, you have a young pastor, you have an older deacon board. And my my perspective was since I've been pastoring since I was a teenager, so I can 
somewhat identify with him. I, you know, I did go. I, I did go to a few concerts at, in high school and, and college. Uh, I played in marching band, and you know, I did all the stuff. I tried to be a normal teenager, in spite despite being a, a preacher, you know, and a normal college student, you know, pledged to fraternity. I did, you know, I was able to do something. You know. I, I just didn't get out too far, you know, because I understood my role and the expectations of the role. So I and I limited my social arena so to a degree. But, you know, he didn't. Uh, apparently, this was his second chance uh, because uh, Deacon – Who's the head deacon? Oh, yeah. Miles Langley, who is the head deacon or whatever they call it. He he has said, uh, we cannot have our leaders supporting people of this world uh, who are tearing down the kingdom of God. And the reason is saying because, uh, again, I believe it, referring to lyrics and the image presented by Rick Ross. But here's the thing. Uh, it's not the first time he was doing uh, the past. The good pastor had done that. Uh, the good pastor had attended. A Lil Wayne concert. And I know you probably think it Lil Wayne, come on now. Rick Ross, Lil Wayne. Uh and the Deacon Board said, Look, don't go to another concert and he chose to do so. So, you know, it goes back from my perspective, it's all about maturity. You know, the, the pastor was young and I say young and dumb, but what do I know? He gets fired, um and they already replaced him. And I, I said on my page, I said this is what makes me glad about being an itinerant uh, minister and, and that, one, I get appointed to a church so they can't kick me out. <laughs> that's that's the first thing. Uh, wherever I'm sent, they're stuck with me for one year. They, can't do, uh, they, they might not like me at all, but they are stuck for at least one year. And it's up to the bishop to decide whether I go back or not. So they have no, you know, they can they can give input. But if I'm doing my job, you know, they can't they nothing to do with it. It's stuck with me. Um, so that's that's the one thing I like. The other thing um, I like is that I uh, whenever I go to a church, I, I already let the people know. Look, I am young. Don't ex- I had to learn this, <laughs> you know, over 20 years of ministry. I had to learn that I'm young. You know, I'm not 40 yet. I I have this great responsibility. I have all this stuff, but I'm still young, and and I spent most of my teenage and uh, my 20s trying to be 60. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but that's what I was doing because that was was expected. You know, they, you know, you got the older people; they want you to be this and that, and so I did. I spent a great deal of. Uh, half my life trying to be older than what I was, and then when I realized, oh, I'm really not old, it sparked a whole new sense of life in me. I tell you that much. Yeah, it, it changed. It had a greater impact on me. Now that didn't mean I just, you know, I, I still wouldn't go to a Rick Ross concert, uh, even if I did listen to Rick Ross. Now we're talking Run DMC, Houdini, or some back in the day. Uh, you know, I might even consider going to, you know, something like, you know. Some good rap. I don't. I don't know what good rap is these days. I really. I I did hear this uh this singer Bruno Mars. I like Bruno Mars. I I, I don't know how long he's been on the scene. That tells you how out of touch I am. <laughs> but I, I go to his concert. You know, he's young. I can you know, I I enjoy his music, and um, I would definitely probably go to a uh 
Justin Timberlake concert, and I know he's touring with Jay Z and all that. I'm not a big fan of Jay Z. Uh, I like a little bit of his music. Yeah, you know, I probably I probably would go to that if there's I don't know. I, that should uh, let you know I'm just so out of touch. You know, I mean, I, you know, being old, being around all those old people, I was listening to the jazz and blues and good old R and B like Sam Cooke. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So he gets fired, and. The, the debate has been, you know, has been whether it was justifiable, whether it was wrong, anything. And, and from my perspective, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, because it's a congregational church, they elected him, they have the right to, they have every right to um, to fire him if they do it properly. You know? And I, I said if there was no understanding of the roles and expectations from the jump, I said this brother probably came, he's young, and he preached the house down, I mean, you know, he had the old people thinking he was just one up on everything. But, you know, think about it. He's 22, which means he probably started preaching as a teenager like myself, which, you know, probably had to keep that image up. And all he could do was preach. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I, uh, when I do consulting, you know, I speak with uh, young young clergy. The first thing I tell them is be honest about themselves. Don't try to be anything that you're not if you are not. Don't play a role because playing a role gets you stuck. And once you get stuck, you can't get unstuck. And you get quickly different franchise with your vocation, your choice of vocation, and your life. And you either walk away from the ministry or walk away from the faith. And that's just reality. So it's better to go in being honest about yourself. And your flaws. Now you ain't got to tell all your business, but just let people know if you're young, be young. You know, don't try to be old, and, and you're gain, you're garner a great deal of respect from that. That's my personal experience. And I don't know, maybe you can, y'all might have some thoughts about that. If you do, you can call in and share it if you want to. Uh, if not, hey, send it on the chat line, send me an email, do whatever you want to do. I just thought it was a funny story. Ended up about my ranting. Uh. Like I said before, we have an exciting, exciting guest. I'm, I am excited about the guest we're having. Um, we're going to be talking social dynamics. We're going to be talking. Uh, might as well just get ready for it. I mean, the art of picking up, <laughs> dating for men, and all this kind of advice. And you're probably wondering what in the world would a preacher be doing having this? I think it's relevant. Yo, know, I'm single. I think it's relevant. Might help me out. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's also relevant for church and pastors. So it's going to be interesting uh, with uh, Mr. Harbinger, and we're going to be ready to hear from him as soon as we come back from this break. And uh, stay tuned, and, and we have a great show lined up for you. Be right back after this. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. 
One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. Today, we stand against the tyranny of single-mile credit cards. Battle speech, right? May I? For too long, people have settled for single miles. With the Capital One Venture Card, you'll earn double miles on every purchase every day. Hawaii, here we come. So sign up today for a venture card at CapitalOne.com. And start earning double. What's in your wallet? Can you play games on that? Not on the runway. When we made our commitment to the Gulf, BP had two big goals. Help the Gulf recover and learn from what happened so we could be a better, safer energy company. I've been with BP for 24 years. As part of the team that helped deliver on our commitments to the Gulf, and I can tell you, safety is at the heart of everything we do. We've added cutting-edge safety equipment and technology, like a new deep water well cap and a state-of-the-art monitoring center where experts watch over all our drilling activity 24-7. And we're sharing what we've learned so we can all produce energy more safely. Safety is a vital part of BP's commitment to America and to the nearly 250,000 people who work with us here. We invest more in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world. Over $55 billion here in the last five years, making BP America's largest energy investor. Our commitment has never been stronger. is back and bigger than ever. Come check out MegaFest 2013 world-class lineup of special events including sports, comedy, music, and film. We've got the Ball Up Championship and Celebrity Slam Dunk Competition, Cedric the Entertainer, and the Just Church and Comedy Show, the All-Star Studded Women of Purpose Concert, and introducing the International Faith and Family Film Festival, August 29th through 31st in Dallas, Texas. Mega-Fest.com Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, we're excited that you're joining us today uh, for another episode. Uh, as I said before the break, um, I, I enjoy having great people on this show. And for some people, you know, uh, they think I should only do stuff related to Christianity. Be, but, you know, I'm about the whole person. It's all about empowering people and, and enabling them to have the best life that they can and all of that. So I like to find guests who... Uh, are not up to, uh, you know, not your typical person that will be on a uh, pastor show. And I, I came across a person that I thought was just interesting altogether for me. And that person is Jordan Harbinger. I think I said, I'm saying that last name right if I'm not say, uh, correct. Yeah, but... you, got it. you got it. You got it. <laughs> I, I was hoping I had it right. And uh, Jordan is a unique, one of the most unique individuals, one of the most um, – I, 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 you know, one of the most unique individuals I come across with an interesting story, an interesting uh, approach to life, and a very interesting um, uh, 
business, I guess you can call it, <laughs> program that he's uh, that's called The Art of Charm. Jordan, welcome to Zero of the Day. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. How was the How was the Jay Z concert? <laughs> <laughs> if I ever go to one, I will let you know, man. I tell you, uh, you know, I, I when I was a kid, I used to go to a little bit. You know, I had restrictions, so I couldn't do too much. But uh, as long most times, wherever my big brother go went, I was able to go. So I had some of a life, some kind of a life. But you, my right. friend, have you, my friend, have had a very interesting life. <laughs> And uh, yeah. and I, I'm I'm honored to be able to have you on the guest as a guest on the show. So uh, uh, for my audience who have never heard of you, tell my audience a little bit about you, uh, about yourself and and what you do. Don't go into too much detail because I know it's, it's a lot to, to cover in you know the time that we have. But just give them a little bit of background about yourself, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Actually, uh, what the Art of Charm does is teach men how to become more confident, more charismatic, and how to meet and attract the opposite opposite gender. And, of course, deal with uh, a lot of the relationship issues that might come up as a a, result of being in a relationship with with a girl, especially because a lot of times us guys, you know, we're not really taught these skills growing up. And uh, we have our parents as role models, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. But even so, we don't know how to handle some of the challenges that come up because, you know, we watch our parents and we live with them, but we don't know how they're handling things behind closed doors, and we don't know uh, what causes a lot of relationship issues in the first place. So we work on teaching nonverbal communication, body language skills, things like that. And a lot of people who come in are married and working on their marriage. A lot of people are in relationships, and some people come in to apply these skills to business as well, learn how to network more and make better connections that way. And 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 of course, as I as I mentioned before, I think this is a uh, is a is a resource, a tool for uh, a tool for for everyone, you know, not just men. But let's get into um, let's let's get into this this program. You have academies, you have programs, you have tips, and but you are an expert in social dynamics. Explain what social dynamics is and uh, how you help people. Uh, in that in that area, um, sure. So social dynamics is essentially the way that the the study of the way that people interact with one another, especially as it relates to dating and relationships. So, like I was talking about before, a lot of that nonverbal communication skill, um, a lot of the way that people generate attraction with one another, you know, relating to the opposite genders. And a lot of times, people will go, "Oh, well." you know, aren't you just teaching guys to pick up girls? And it's, it's not quite the same. You know, one of the main things that women are attracted to is confidence, and that goes for – that's a universally biological uh, attraction principle. So we teach guys the elements of confidence, so nonverbal communication, vocal tonality, proper eye contact. Um, and a lot of times when guys come into our boot camps, we run programs here in Los Angeles – so we change the way you guys sit, stand, walk, talk, and interact and, and flirt and, and relate to others. And that's very important because uh, as men, you know, like I said before, a lot of a lot of us aren't taught this. Most of us aren't. And a lot of our success in life depends on this. There's a lot of unhappy people who can't find uh, a mate, and that's that's not fair. Everybody deserves to be happy. So we teach that skill set. Oh, that, and I agree. That is exactly that is a good thing. Um, so, but how did you get involved in that? How did you come about developing the Auto Charm? Uh, what's you know, uh, what led you to 
see the need and, and feel this need? Sure. So when I was in law school, I decided that I wanted to learn how to network better because the people, the lawyers who made the most money are the ones who knew how to bring in business and really had good networks. And I thought, okay, there's got to be some way to do this because there's a lot of people in this law school who are very well connected and interesting and they seem to have this skill where they can get anybody to like them and those people are going to be highly successful. So I started to do some studies of psychology and figure things out and, and on my own and realize that there's not a whole lot of good self-help out there on how to make new friends and, and influence people. There's a book by Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People that was written in like the 30s. And there were some books on sales and persuasion, but there weren't a whole lot of books generally on social dynamics and how to relate to other people and generate that trust and that network. So what I did was start to go out by myself and apply things. And, you know, I met uh, other people who were really good at networking and I started to ask them lots of questions and figure out what made them tick and what made them successful. And, the best part about it was I got to learn from some really, really amazing people and had them sort of teach me firsthand. So I started a podcast uh, about it called The Art of Charm, and the podcast has gotten really, really successful over the past few years. So it's uh, it's been a pleasure being able to, you know, make a job, make a living out of teaching other people this skill set. I actually left my job as a lawyer in 2007, and I've been doing this ever since. So it's it's been pretty rewarding. Oh, uh, that that that's that's awesome, and I, I think uh, you stepped out on faith when you when you did that, and you're reaping the results of such a great act. Uh, now, when you talk about the art of charm, um, uh, the person's sphere of influence. I, I know you 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 mentioned that at least on your website. You talk about interpersonal dynamics, and and uh, but what um. As a pastor, how how can uh, how how can I uh, use my interpersonal dynamics uh, to influence those uh, my members? I guess you can say, or uh, just be a sure. better human. Sure. So, for example, in your in your chosen path, uh, being a pastor, you probably have to talk to a lot of younger people, and you have to have a good rapport with them so that they they heed your advice and they don't make a lot of mistakes. And this can be life-saving. I mean, if you get a kid who maybe is not getting along with his parents, maybe his parents aren't getting along with each other, and he is hanging out at school, and there's a bunch of kids, and they're saying, hey, you know, Tom, come hang out with us after school, smoke some pot with us. And he goes, oh, I don't know, that doesn't sound like a really good idea. Maybe I'll talk to Pastor Lorenzo about this. If he talks to you and you say something that alienates him, that makes him feel like you don't understand him, if he feels like you and him don't have that good a rapport, he might never come to you in the first place, or he might ask what you think and then think, oh, well, that guy's a million years old. He doesn't know anything about the situation that I'm in. Why should I listen to him? You know, he might not have any kind of trust or any kind of rapport with you, and he might go over there and start start doing drugs or getting into trouble or spray painting stuff. You know, a lot of kids do a lot of dumb stuff, and it's a lot of times because they don't have any good role models. But if that same kid comes to you, and he, you've always been a charismatic guy. He's always respected you. He trusts you. You have really good rapport with him. You might say, hey, man, listen, this is a bad idea. Those kids, what they're doing, that's going nowhere. Why don't you come to a church program after school or some sort of after school activity instead of doing that? Or why don't you come hang out with me and I'll teach you 
some stuff about what I do. He might really be into that because he respects you, because he trusts you, because of the rapport that you were able to get with him and some of the other guys his age. You know, that could save him from doing some stupid stuff as a, as a teenager. And so, you know, the, the level of charisma that you have, the level of rapport that you're able to get with your flock, if I can call it that, you know, th- that is something that could change people's lives or even save people's lives. So it's not just important for you as a pastor to be able to keep people's attention and keep people from falling asleep while you're preaching. It's important for you in order to be able to help people to the best of your ability, which is at the end of the day, I mean, that's really your job, right? Is to make sure that, that people can come to you for guidance, that they trust that they, they can get good advice and, and good guidance from you. And so having a higher level what they of pay me for. and report, it's what they pay you for, right? <laughs> it, it, so it's your job to know this stuff as, as well as possible, not just, not just to have the, the, the scriptures memorized, um, you know, which would be impressive in itself, of course, but not just to have that stuff memorized and know what you're talking about there, but to be able to deliver it, right? I'm sure you probably know after doing this for so many years, delivery is probably more important than, than what you're saying in the first place, or at least equally it important. It is. So you, you actually led me up to a question I want. You know, you talk about uh, building connections and, and, and but you know when it can you talk about it from from uh, uh, from a dating perspective, but for individuals who want to make deeper connections, not ju- you know not just a man with a woman, but uh, individuals, how can they keep making people feel amazing? Uh, sure, that's a great question, and I think it's a really important one as well. A lot of what people don't realize, again, we're just talking about it, the delivery is the key. And there's something else we can deliver. We call it, at the Art of Charm, we call it value. And what what I mean by that is a lot of times we walk around during the day thinking, what can I get from this person? You know, when I go talk to, you know, Pastor Lorenzo, maybe I say, hmm, you know, I'm, I need some guidance. What can I get from Pastor Lorenzo? What can I get from... Um, my my mom, you know, what can I get from my dad? What can I, what kind of, you know, can, rewards monetarily can I get from this job? Uh, what kind of things can this new friend do for me that I just met, uh, you know, in a social circle? And that's, you know, that's human nature. We're always looking for an advantage. We're always looking for a little reward, um, even if it's just people making us feel good. And so what's really good about this uh, is it's really easy for us to make people feel good uh, almost all the time, and we call this delivering value. So it's the, a lot of times it's a combination of a lot of little things put together. For example, there's a ton of times when, you know, you might wake up in the morning and you feel tired, you need some coffee or something like that. Well, everybody feels that way, right? We all share emotions. So right. when you're walking to work or you're walking down the street and you see someone that looks a little tired, you might say something like, well, good morning. Maybe it looks like somebody might need uh, somebody hasn't had their coffee yet, and you smile and you make a little joke that way, and they might say, "Oh, you know it. You know, I, I'm heading there right now." And just that little interaction gets them out of their head, and who knows, that person might be thinking some negative thoughts. You know, you can tell by people's body language what they might be thinking about, and and you broke them out of that, and they'll thank you for that. They'll look up and say, "You know, what? I've seen that guy before. That's a that's a that's a good guy." Or you're at the coffee shop getting your own coffee, and the barista is really busy and rushed, and you say, hey, man, how's your day going so far? And he goes, oh, good, not bad. How about you? And you just break that little pattern of stress that he's going in his life, and you do that a few times a week, 
people will remember you, and you'll find that your life starts to improve in very interesting ways. For example, the coffee shop that I go to, I'll walk in, there'll be a big line, and then they'll say, hey, Jordan, come on over here. And I'll go all the way around the bar, and he'll say, hey, man, I made your drink. You know, there's the line at the register is too long. Why don't you just come back later? This one's on me. And they'll give me my coffee for free because they don't, they don't want to see me wait because I've said hello so many times, had so many chats with the people there, that we're all friends now. And these little things, these little bits of value are great, and they're very, very small things. You might even talk to the homeless guy. I, I live in Hollywood, so there's a lot of those. The homeless guy that sleeps out front of, uh, of a, a place where I go all the time for, for work purposes. And I had a bunch of old clothes one day, and I went over there, and he wasn't around, so I dropped him off. And then I saw him a week later or so, and I said, how do you like those socks? And he said, what? Oh, was it you who left those socks? I said, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I got more. If it, that stuff fits you okay. He said, yeah, I'll take anything I can get. So I gave him a bunch of clothes that I was just going to donate or, or some of them might even throw away uh, because they had holes in it. But he didn't care. He wanted that stuff. So one day I was walking around, and um, I parked my car out there right where he was sleeping. And uh, I came back out later, and he said, hey, man, you know, some kids were throwing eggs at cars, and there were eggs all over everybody's car. The only car that didn't have eggs on it was mine. And that's because when they went to smash an egg on my car, he got up and raised heck and yelled at him and told him, if you throw an egg on that car, and you probably didn't even have to finish that sentence. You know, he, those kids, they ran. And uh, and I thought, you know what, he would never have done that, you know. And all I did was give him some old socks, most of which had holes in them. So, I mean, you don't have to give people money. You don't have to give people clothing. But if you smile at people when they need to be smiled at, you give people a kind word when they need one, that's, you know, that's the value that we're talking about at the Art of Charm. And that's what gets people to feel amazing around you all the time. And when people feel amazing around you, they want to be around you. And that's what makes you a charismatic and popular person. Wow. And, and, you know, it seems like charisma is the going term of the day, uh, the, the more connected. I, I'm all about connections and relationships, you know. Uh, uh, now, I'm I'm a single male, so I have some difficulties uh, having normal relationships sometimes, um, if that makes any kind of sense. It uh, does, yeah, but, sure. Uh, but, you know... Um, I, I'm, I was reading through your site and, and some of the advice you get. Um, you talk about uh, vulnerability as a way of connecting. Uh, go a little bit. How um, how vulnerable should people be to build deeper connections and and, and uh, with each other? You know, and, and with that opposite sex too. Well, vulnerability is important for generating those rapport connections. And what we mean by that when we say vulnerability uh, is key is essentially we're looking at, you know, uh, a lot of times us, especially as men, we think, okay, I got to be tough. I got to be smooth all the time. I got to figure out why, you know, what makes me look cool or what makes me look good all the time. And the problem is with that is that that doesn't, that isn't the real us. You know, the real us is worried about what am I going to say today? What am I going to preach today in your case? You know, and I'm worried about what kind of calls do I need to make today? What kind of stress do I have at work? What about this person? What about my, my girlfriend? What's she, she mad at me about something? You know, we have, always have all these different thoughts running through our head all the time. And these, these thoughts add up to a lot of stress. And, you know, it, when people say, how are you? We always say, 
what do we say? We say fine, good. You know, we never really tell the truth. And I, I say I'm awake. Somebody, somebody, what's that? I say I'm awake. You're awake. <laughs> yep. And that's what I always say. That's good. I like that. And and you know what we what we do is I don't mean that if someone says how are you you go well my life's really stressful and here's all these things I'm worried about you don't have to do that that would be a little bit weird but what we should be doing especially with our significant others or with our our family you know we should be having and our close friends we should be having very very close conversations so when something's worrying us when something is making us feel uh, uncomfortable we should have people that we need to call or that we can call. And we should be able to say, you know, hey, man, how are you doing? Well, I'm okay, but, you know, I'm a little bit worried lately about this and this and this. And you'll find that when you become vulnerable, when you start to tell other people the truth about what's on your mind uh, or about what you feel about something that they're doing, uh, what's on their mind, and you offer that helpful advice. And this is, again, this is part of your job, you know, as a pastor. When you offer that advice, you are in in that vulnerability, uh, rather, you are offering some a window into something that people never really get to see about you, and they feel safe. More importantly, they feel safe opening up about them. There, there are reasons. My whole life, I've always been able to do this, and and this is something that I share at the Art of Charm. I've had people my whole life tell me secrets. I remember when I was a kid, kids would say, "My parents are getting divorced. Don't tell anybody." And I would say, "Why the heck is this person telling me that?" And the reason is because I was always very open. Uh, about things that were going on in my life. And part of the reason for that is because I, I can't shut up, which you can hear on this show. I talk a lot. So, so I was Yeah, you, should, you should be a preacher. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, it's funny. People, somebody asked me a question, uh, what would you be doing uh, for a job if you were born 500 years ago? And I said, oh, I'd probably be some sort of church uh, politician or preacher or some priest or something like that because I really – I've heard that more than once from <laughs> from people in your profession. Have you ever thought about you know, this, this, yeah, I have. So, <laughs> so so you know, having that vulnerability, opening up first, we call it opening opening the door to a dark room, you know. You open a door to a dark room especially for for a girl and you you don't you don't shove her through the door. You step in first. You step in first, you show it's safe and then she follows you in there. And that's the same thing with vulnerability. You know, you open that door and you say, you know, I'm, sometimes I really worry that I choose the right career path, you know, and she goes, you know what, I worry about that all the time. And now you're having a very, very personal, very intimate conversation, and you can have that with somebody that you just met because people cannot wait to talk about this type of thing because we almost never get to do this with each other. We almost never get to share these types of things, even with our family and friends sometimes. We can't do it. I got a caller that wants to say something. Sure. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, first, I'd like to say I'm the secret person around. Everybody tells me their secrets. I don't know why. <laughs> but I have a question. How much truth should you really tell a person? Because some people get defensive even when you're not trying to offend them, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think that's a really good question. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that people might get offended is, it, it has to do with doing the vulnerability thing, but maybe doing it backwards. So, for example, if if your friend is wearing an outfit and it looks absolutely terrible, you know, you don't necessarily need to go, hey, Charlene, that new outfit is awful. That's, you know, that's <laughs> something where they might get defensive. But if you say something like, 
you know, um, I really appreciate it when people tell me the truth about what I'm wearing. Uh, I noticed you got some new clothes. Has anybody shared, you know, what they what they think about that that with you? And she might say, well, no, not really. And you might say, yeah, the other day I bought something and it didn't fit quite right. Um, I really loved it, but you know, somebody somebody had mentioned that that it wasn't quite right for me. And you know, and you know, you can get into a story about that if, if it's true. Otherwise, you know, hold your tongue. But um, this works with relationships. It works with a lot of different situations. And well, you know, yeah, a lot that's of people will invite that. Go ahead. I'm I'm the, I'm the secret person, like I said, and there's a lot of truth that I don't say because I don't want to hurt the other person, but at the same time, not telling them may hurt them, you know? I agree. And sometimes we have to decide, hey, listen, is it more important for me to be this person's friend or for them to like me right now? You know what I mean? And so there's there's a... And, and that might seem counterintuitive, right, because our friends almost by definition are people that like us and we like them. But here's the difference. A close friend is somebody that you actually care about. So if you've got a friend, if your friend is on drugs, they might not like it if you show up with their mom and say, hey, this is my roommate, he's on drugs, you need help, I brought your parents here. That person is going to hate you for a long time. But if they're really your friend, if you really care about them, the fact that you were able to get them help, even though they didn't want it but they needed it, that's what a true friend would do. So you kind of have to decide you're in a tough place. You know, if somebody tells you a secret, hey, you know, I smoke uh, weed all day and my boss is going to find out and then I'll lose my job. You've got to figure out, hey, do I tell that person, well, your boss seems like a real jerk. If he doesn't let you smoke pot, no. You say, hey, listen, man, you got to get together. And that person might not want to hear that. It might be a cold truth. It might be a cold shower. But you know what? That's that's If that's what needs to happen, if, if you need to do that for your friends, because I feel like you already know what you need to do uh, for your friends, but you probably sometimes feel like, well, I don't want them to get mad at me because you're a nice person and you want everybody to like you, but you got to make some tough choices sometimes. Maybe it's less important for everybody to like you and more important for people to be able to trust you and look to you for help. Because if somebody tells you a dark secret, they don't necessarily want you to go, oh, well, that's okay, because they, they trusted you with that. Maybe they need you at some, some, some subconscious level to say, you know what, that's not okay. You need to cut that out. Maybe that's why they're telling you that in the first place. Maybe they want you to call them out on that. Wow. Okay. And, and you, you... I, I think you, you know, from my perspective, from my role, uh, uh, that's what I have to be. I'm, I'm learning to be um, vulnerable uh, with my members, share some stuff, because you know they, they already expected me to be able to, to get that from them. You know, coming to me for that. And I think that's a very powerful message. And uh, you know, they get mad though <laughs> when I tell them right. And, and Carl, yeah. I think you make a, I, I think you make a good point too. Is it's easier to offend. But uh, I think you do good when when you tell people off. <laughs> At least me. This is my friend, so I, she she's always telling me off anyway. So, good stuff. Uh, uh Look, we're gonna take a quick break because uh, I went over. We were supposed to take a, a break a few minutes ago. Went over. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and I want you to when we come back, I want you to speak specifically to the dating advice for men. For for a single man like me, let's get into the depth of what you do 
for single men, and uh, I'm sure it applies to everybody. But we're gonna we're gonna take that break in probably about a minute, or no no more than two minute break, and then we'll come back and close it out. Is that okay? All righty. All right, we'll be right back after this. of Arkansas Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere. Ever. Because that wonderful, bouncy, roll-around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Alright, we are back. Here it is, the cruise. 
Welcome back to Zero Today. We are back, and I guess I figured I'd play this since it is the end of, of the summer with so many kids. Bye-bye summer. Hello Well, hope you had a good summer, and I'm glad I had a good summer. It's been hot, and it's going to be hot today. We're joined by Jordan Harbinger, and we've been talking um, the art of charm, uh, connections, all kinds of stuff. We've been all over, and it's just been wonderful. Um and before we went to the break, I asked Jordan uh, that we're going to go ahead and get straight into what he does best, helping men like me, single men, in the dating game. I don't know if I should be dating. I probably should be out of the dating game. I'm getting old. <laughs> Jordan, you still there? I'm still here. All right. So let's get into the heart of what you do. Um, and with um, with with guys. How um how how do you get men to become better? I don't even know better dating. I I don't you know I don't I don't know what to say. But <laughs> get get give some some tips, dating tips, uh, uh, and a little bit about what you do. Uh, uh, you know, give an example for me. What you would tell me if I came to you as as a client? Sure. I mean, essentially, the way that our boot camps run is we have guys fly in from wherever they are in the world for the week. And a lot of people come in from, you know, Asia, Africa, Europe, uh, and, and all over. So it's it's actually really, really international client, which is great, uh, international clientele, which is great. And so, you know, we change the body language, vocal tonality, eye contact, the way people sit, stand, walk, and talk. And so it's not just a set of tips. It's essentially a way to change the way that somebody communicates nonverbally. How, what sort of image are they presenting to other people? And so what we would do is take a look at where you might need to grow, where you seem to be getting stuck uh, in terms of dating, in terms of where you're relating with other people, the vulnerability type things that we talked about before. We have a lot of drills and exercises that we go over to figure out, you know, where are you getting stuck and how do we sort of move you past it. So it's more than just a set of tips or, or tricks or tactics. It's much more of a school of ex- almost like exposure therapy. You know, where where are we going next? Where, did, where does where does Fast Lorenzo need to improve? So the coaching is very tailored to other people. Wow, okay. Now, I've... That's that's a lot. I forgot to ask you because I, when I read through what you uh, about you, I, I forgot to bring this up at the beginning. You have traveled the world. You worked, in, uh, you know, in various various places, but you've been kidnapped twice, right? <laughs> yeah. How in the world? Literally, how in the world did you get kidnapped and did you escape? I, I this just crossed my mind when I went back and, and read through some of my notes. But share that real quick, and 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 I, and I do apologize for not getting that out earlier because it's it's a fascinating uh, series of events. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is a story that's probably best saved for another show. But I'll happily give you the brief overview, which is um, I was in Mexico City working about ten years ago, more than ten years ago now, when I was uh, kidnapped by. Uh, a taxi driver or a fake taxi driver, and I told the story on my own show 
very recently on episode, I think, 199 of my show. Uh, so people go to the Art of Char or people go to pickuppodcast.com. Um, they can find that that episode of the, of the show where I talk about those stories. And then uh, I also, when I was in Serbia in 2005, not Siberia, but Serbia, which is part of the former Yugoslavia in 2005, um, I had a run-in with their secret state police, which is basically kind of their uh, old-school Soviet, you know, spy catchers, and they thought I was a spy because there's not a lot of foreigners in the country, and, you know, I could speak fluent Serbian, so they were very suspicious, and they took me as well for, for quite a ride. So it's um, it's very, it's, those are pretty harrowing stories, but, you know, the, the reason that they're relevant is because uh, in one of the situations, the Serbian situation especially, uh, the one thing that really saved my butt was the fact that I was able to gain rapport with the people that were taking taking us, and they, that afforded me an opportunity to escape. So I have been giving some talks and things like that uh, that have to do with this subject so that people know and people can learn from that experience because, you know, being charming or being able to gain rapport with people isn't just something that's handy or fun or interesting. Um, it's something that might even save your life. So it's uh, it, it's pretty important skill set to have. I agree with you. <laughs> talking has gotten me out of a lot of stuff with Keith. Oops, uh, so, talking his... so there we go. Hey. Uh, uh oh, what was I saying? I had actually put the mute hit the mute button, so uh I need my coffee. Uh I was saying that talking has gotten me out of a lot of stuff too, so <laughs> I know it works. Um we got about a couple of minutes left. Um um for for single Christians or for, for male Christians or spiritual pe men, spiritual men, um, what is the the main thing that they should focus on to um Build rapport, build attraction, and lead to an ultimate goal of a relationship or, or marriage. Well, in terms of how this stuff applies to Christians, really it's all the same in the way that it applies to everybody. Because, you know, there's nothing here that goes against uh, the faith. We have lots of Christians coming through the Art of Charm, uh, people of all faiths coming through the Art of Charm programs and, and products and getting phone coaching and things like that. Um, and I, I think that the core takeaway that people can start to apply is I've got uh, 200 hours of podcasts up on the web. Um, and the first 20 or so uh, that that I recommend uh, at the Art of Charm slash podcast, people can go and listen to those and we give a ton of tips, all free, all ton of tips on body language, vocal tonality, eye contact, how to start conversations with people, how to make people feel comfortable around you. And these things are very important. These are the things that generate that trust, that rapport. And I think as Christians, you know, you guys owe it to each other, and, and we as people all owe it to each other, to, for that matter, uh, to be able to help one another. And I think, you know, as you've said before, you know, having having the flock, you know, the, the people in in uh, your services, be able to help each other, especially, it's, it's you know, they shouldn't just trust you with private information and advice and guidance. They should be able to look to each other. And I think the more that we learn how to provide that for one another, the better off we'll all be as people, um, not just 
not just Christians, right? Um, but as Christians, I think it's especially important because of the, the values of being able to, to be there for one another. You know, I think that's really important just as, as people. I, I agree. Uh, Jordan, I appreciate you for uh, being a guest on the show. We're, we're running out of time. And uh, if you don't mind for this last few minutes, give us um, – Go ahead and put a plug in for everything that you have, the the website, the the academy, and all of that. Go ahead. If people want to know how to sure. get in touch with you, uh, tell uh, them how sure. to do that. So, so if you go to theartofcharm.com, theartofcharm.com, there's tons of free stuff there. Um, you can sign up for the newsletter where we send you tips and advice, and you can write to us, uh, reply to the emails, and ask for tips and advice. Uh, also, we have the podcast at theartofcharm.com slash podcast. There's a lot there. Um, and we send the podcasts and the newsletter as well. So people can listen to all that free stuff. And if guys are interested in coming to one of our live training programs and learning more from us or learning from us on the phone, uh, they can write to me uh, or they can call the number on the com right on the top of the website is a phone number. Uh, you know, call, leave a message for me. And you can also email me on Jordan H, J-O-R-D-A-N-H, like Michael Jordan, and the letter H, at theartofcharm.com, and uh, I will reply, read everything. you got a ton of email, but I read everything. That's my job, and I'd love to hear back from people who listen to the show. Well, I tell you what, you're going to have some folk calling in. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, 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 you know, like I say, I, I do things differently, as you can see, but I, I think this is a good, uh, certainly well beneficial for 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 men and and applicable for uh not just men but across the board especially those things about rapport and connection so i really appreciate it it's very been it's been eye-opening and fun for me and i and i again i appreciate you for being the guest on the show and uh we're looking forward to hopefully getting you back on to talk about the kidnapping <laughs> maybe great well i appreciate the opportunity <laughs> thanks so much all right, that's been Jordan, and we appreciate you having on the show, and uh, we look forward to you again. Thanks, guy. Take care. All right, so that is about the time that we have today. And again, if you want to get any of the, uh, uh, want to contact any of the guests, get listen to any of the archived shows or anything like that, simply go to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash zero today, and you can listen to the archive show. Or you can catch them up on iTunes, and the podcast on iTunes, and and you can go to every last one of them that we have. And we look, we enjoy it. Next week, we're inviting you to tune in again for another exciting show, another exciting time with me, your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Thanks to all the guests. Everyone in the chat room, we appreciate it. Uh, so we're going to close out today, and we're glad that you joined us, and we'll see you again next week. For another exciting broadcast of Zira Today. Till then, I'm out. Bye. <laughs>